welcome to Autism on Shift. I'm Thora. I'm Adam. And we're going to sell you. No, we're not selling anything. <laughs> <laughs> Sales is overrated. We Bye. got watches. We got. <laughs> this is Autism on Shift. We talk to other autistics about what we do for work. And we, uh, we're kind of silly. Maybe a little. You're weirder. Today we are talking to Kelsey. And Kelsey is a special education assistant in an autism classroom, which is super cool. Tell us about that. What is that like for you? And welcome. Yes, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for welcoming me. Um, you know, it's, it's a unique experience, something that I really pushed to do uh, because I felt like we need more of us in the classrooms working with the kids. Like everybody's always like, you know, ABA is terrible. Why are we doing this? And uh, I think it's important to have those voices. And also as somebody who, you know, got to take advantage of uh, paras because special education assistants are also, you can also call them paras. Okay. Um, I'd like to take advantage of them when I was in middle school and high school. And <laughs> I don't let my children walk all over me like I was able to walk over some of mine. <laughs> Um, but I like giving back and being able to say, hey, you know what? I got this help when I was a kid, and now I'm giving that help back. Yeah, that's fantastic. Thor and I were talking earlier, too, uh, and we thought that I, it's really cool to have an advocate in the classroom, you know, someone who, who really knows, you know, what's going on, and then, you know, can have a sense of feeling of, you know, what's needed. Oh, absolutely. And they listen to me. Like, the teacher that I, I've, I've worked with a couple other teachers. I've also worked in a developmentally cognitively delayed classroom. Um, but the two teachers I've worked with that have done autism have always been very relatable. I've always listened. They've always, sometimes they've looked at me and been like, so what's going on? Or, you know, because they work in autism, I can be like, I'm overstimulated because this child's been screaming for an hour and a half. Yep. <laughs> I need to go take three minutes or else I'm going to start screaming. You know, that is really Nobody great. wants the, the SEA to melt down while the child is melting down. Like, nope, we're not but, doing this. But like, how great is it to have the job that can actually help assist you what you need? Like, that is perfect. That's really funny. Exactly. And that's, that's something that I've learned to do, that doing, like, at being an advocate. Learning to be an advocate for myself also means I can learn to be an advocate for my kiddos. There are things that I've realized, like, that's we have a student who just sometimes has issues. And like, I realize that like going, like put, putting your fingers up and down the inner arm can be really good because that feels good. And I can tell them that feels good. Or they'll be like, I don't know why, but when I touch their head, they're fine. And I'm like, do you know how many like sensory things happen in the hair? (laughs) That's why they like that. You know, rub their back, you know, use your nails a little bit if you need to. Not, not hugely, but just, you know, lightly and things like that like those sensory things that we get that they won't or they'll be like i don't understand why this kid's reacting and i'll be like because you, Do you hear Wolverine. that small beeping <laughs> and they'll be like what beeping i'm like <laughs> you can't hear it but i can yeah <laughs> and they can't beeping that might fix things <laughs> exactly. so let me ask this um you kind of you kind of hinted at it but i, I i'm not sure um i was clear on it um, do the kids relate to you in a different way than they relate to the teachers? Like, do they know you're autistic, first of all? Um, you know, I'm very open about it with them. The thing is that a lot of them, um, I work with mostly um, five to um, 11-year-olds. And some of them haven't been told that they're autistic because they don't understand. Oh, When given the opportunity, I will, I will always be honest with a kid. When yeah. I'm with mainstream kids, I can, I can say, 
hey, you know, Treshawn, I'm, I'm very sorry. I reacted badly. I have a thing called autism. You know this, you know, I don't know, Marcus. You know, Marcus, you know how he's a little weird? We have the same kind of thing going on. And it kind of has, that helps that student take a step back. And it doesn't necessarily mean like in the classroom, like you were asking. But um, I do try to be honest with my students. If my students say they have autism and I said, hey, so do I. Uh, but yes. again, a lot of, um, in the past, I've had worked with more, um, and I know people don't like these terms, but it's the only terms I can use to explain it really well. But like, yeah. I've worked in a higher functioning classroom where the kids are like mainstreamed and things like that. And they've been more likely to understand. And I can be like, hey, this is who I am. And I understand how you're feeling right now. Whereas opposed to my lower functioning, quote unquote, students who are nonverbal, who scream or who have a lot of sensory needs and issues and things like that. You can't really explain to them. You can't stop them and say, hey, I understand how you're feeling. I feel the same way. I can tell them that all I want, but sure. it doesn't mean they're going to process it um, because they're having their own struggles and trying to figure out things Processing and they're just not quite there developmentally. Gotcha. So, so how about, how about communication? So when you're talking about kids who are maybe nonverbal or who might be um, easily overloaded um, sensory wise, do you like, do you have a way that you communicate with them that is different because of your autism or do you, is it just something that you would do or anybody would do? You know, um, there are some things that I have done that are just a teeny bit different and actually people have picked it up and I've picked it up from other people. Like, for example, some, a lot of teachers will be, um, like my coworkers who aren't, don't have a degree in special needs or whatever. I also have a special certificate. I forgot to mention that. Oh, um, nice. but people, um, like, they'll be like, look at my face. Look at me. Look at my eyes. Look at my eyes. I'll be like, you can't do that. Right? <laughs> They're not going to want to look at your eyes. It's awkward. And they haven't learned to, you know, look at the forehead or learned how to live in that discomfort of, of touching your right. eyes. So what yeah. I always do is if I'm trying to get like a kid to repeat after me, I'll touch the bottom of my, uh, the top of my chin okay, or right under my lip. And I'll say, I want what? And then I give them two different choices. And I've noticed that people have picked that up when I, when I've started doing that and people have noticed that it's been successful nice. because it, it gives the kids something to focus on. Like you're right. focusing on, cause a lot of kids have like with disabilities have speech issues. So, you know, that means that it gives them the chance to work on their speech. It gives them a chance to see somebody else form the words and it gives them, you know, that verbal, okay, this is what I need to say. We also have communication boards, which are great. Um, they have changed in the last few years in the district that I work in. Um, so we haven't like, we use them, but not nearly as much, at least with my particular kiddos. But we use those as well to help us. So you go like to I, and it's a picture of you. And like, I want, like, the, the want is like um, a, a motion where you're putting your hands and putting them towards you. And like, in is like a box and pointing down or, you know, a awesome. lot of pictures and things. I sometimes think the communication boards can be a little more complicated than teaching the kids how to speak, but I understand that I don't have all the knowledge. I know that I don't have a, you know, a degree in speech. <laughs> yeah. Sure. So I kind of sure. go with what I'm told to do, but at the same time, it's like one of those I try to find my own way. And my way usually is the trying to get them to mimic and repeat what I do. I got you. That makes sense. Yeah. 
You know, I've heard that and 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 <clears throat> I didn't really I don't know how I didn't get this, but for some reason I didn't get what annoyed me so much about my daughter's teacher. And she's remote right now. Obviously, everybody's COVID and, you know, um, so she's remote. So I'm working on the couch right next to her at her desk when she's at, in class. And this thing triggers me every time. And it didn't occur to me until you just said that. The teacher says, eyeballs. Yeah. She like demands that the kids look at her in the eyeballs. And she just, she says it in such a way. She's just like, all right, everybody eyeballs. I'm like, my goodness. Like, not only is that demanding, but how many of your kids have, do not even have the ability to look at you in the right. eyeballs? Like, I don't know. Something to bring up to her, and, I guess. And see, I'm doing distance learning as well. I'm, or distance teaching. I'm also <laughs> distance learning, but I'm also distance teaching. Nice. And so what I tell the kids to do is look at the screen or look at my face. I never say look at my eyes or anything, but it's one of those, because I know that my kids are disengaged, is one of those like, oh, I know they're watching a TV or I know that they're <laughs> looking at what their, their thing is doing. Like, I need them to look at the screen. I don't need them looking necessarily at me. I don't need them looking at my eyes, but I need them to see my face. I need that. I need to know that they're looking at the screen and they are paying attention to what's going on. Yeah. That'd be a much better way. Maybe send her an email and say, hey, can you say have to look at your screen or look at your face, not at your eyeballs? Yeah. And that's yeah, fair. Yeah, right? Yeah. I like that. <laughs> yeah. I'm like mama bear. I want to be like, hey, stop doing that. <laughs> <laughs> and I understand completely. No one wants to look at my face. So. It's a... <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you, we, we talked a little bit about how busy you are. You have a lot of stuff going on. Tell us about all of your little irons and all of your fires. I'm curious. <laughs> So right now I'm attending um, Metropolitan State University in uh, Minnesota. Awesome. For an independent study program called, um, I actually created the degree. It's called Leadership and Advocacy for Youth and People with Disabilities. I really want to learn to be be able to be an advocate uh, for people with special needs. And I'm a part, I'm a graduate of a thing called Partners in Policymaking, which is a government training service. Awesome. Services program that goes throughout the country. It teaches people with disabilities to be advocates as well as parents to be advocates for their children. Um, I did that when I graduated high school in 2008. Yes, I just aged myself. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, I am, so I'm doing that. I'm going to school. I'm a special education assistant for Minneapolis. And I also, I'm, because of COVID, I'm also a um, special needs bowling coach usually for a program called Adaptive Recreation Recreation Learning Exchange Okay. through the cities of Richfield and Edina. Um, so I go, when COVID isn't a thing, I go Saturday mornings to a bowling alley 18 weeks out of the year and spend about from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. We have a morning morning adult league and we have an afternoon kids league, all for kids with disabilities. And then I'm also an usher for Hennepin Theater Trust. So I work at the fancy theaters. So I work Ooh. at the Orpheum. I work at the state. I work at the Pantages, which is fun. I only got to do that for a year before COVID shut that oh, down. <laughs> Hopefully we get to open again soon. Yeah. yeah. I, I hear that Hamilton will come. Really? It will be here in <laughs> August. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I'm jealous. Um, yeah, it totally. was supposed to be here last year, but. Obviously, not a thing. It'll be <laughs> worth the wait, I'm sure. Yep. And then for um, between 2008 and today, I have spent nine nine summers out at Girl Scout camps. 
So the first cool. one was uh, Camp Bonnie. The first one I worked at was Camp Greenwood. It was the camp that I grew up at, at Girl Scout Camp. Uh, that one got closed down. So then I worked at Camp Elk River and then following that Camp Northwoods. And then I went out to Massachusetts and worked at Camp Bonnie Bray, which is the oldest Girl Scout camp in the country. And then I came back to River Valleys, which is the overall name of the council. And I was their pro. I've been their program director. I've been a counselor. I've been a camp assistant because I wasn't quite ready to be a counselor when I first started. Gotcha. Sure, yeah. as was realized by my meltdown during training. <laughs> that Uh-oh. was that was that was great. Um, but yeah, and I I just accepted a position to go back to camp for summer ten. Wow, awesome. At 31 years old, I'm going back to camp and I'm going to work with 18-year-olds and I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. (laughs) (laughs) And and that could change. Who knows? I might find something that keeps me in the cities. But yeah, I have a lot of things. And I've also worked at uh, respite camps uh, or a respite camp called Camp Edenwood. And that was many, many, many years ago, but that got me started but yes okay. i like being busy it's a problem I, yes i am I, I do have a therapist and yes she does tell me i need to stop being so busy <laughs> <laughs> that's that's adam's thing i have no problem sitting and doing nothing for a while but adam will not sit down we had what did we have we recently yeah, three had a three-day weekend. Day weekend and his fitbit i think clocked him his longest resting time was something like was 80 minutes s- yeah, oh i thought it was like 78 minutes it was, yeah, it was, <laughs> that was the longest time he actually sat down and did nothing for three this days. man does not do nothing <laughs> see i either have to be doing everything or i have to be doing nothing like that's kind of how i am like i'm either go 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 or Gosh. Or sleeping. <laughs> does, does anything determine that difference? Oh, that's what, what is, is there anything that determines that difference? You know, on all honesty, it's one of those things I've realized recently. Yeah. Because COVID stopped all of my stuff in March, it just all came to a standstill. And I ended up being able to do um, emergency childcare, which kept me busy. And then I hit summer and I was bored and I was, okay, this past week, I started school again. I haven't had, I've had one job. <laughs> so then I went, you know, did winter break and nothing going on. I was going absolutely nuts. Jeez, but this week, job. again, I went back. I started <laughs> I started the uh, college semester and I told my therapist, I was like, I'm happy. <laughs> I was like, she's like, well, what's changed? I'm like, I'm busy. I'm like, I have all these assignments. I want to get two or three weeks ahead. So that way when I crash or, you know, my anxiety kicks in or we get big assignments, I'm ready for them. I'm like, but I am happy that I'm busy, but I do enjoy my, you know, I don't want to move and I'm going to listen to audio, an audiobook for six hours and awesome. lay about, <laughs> right. you know, but for the most part, I like, I, I'm happy when I'm busy. My mind is clearest. I don't have, you know, depression or anxiety when I'm moving because that's, I don't have to think about that's it. That's me completely. Yeah. It's the anxiety. Yep. I just, it, it, it just hides it, it away. Yes. <laughs> I just started taking medication this year for the anxiety and I'm just like, no. <laughs> <laughs> there's, you know what? There's nothing wrong with it. If it, you know, if it helps and we need it, there's absolutely nothing wrong with medication that helps us. Oh, absolutely. She's looking at me like, get it? <laughs> <laughs> but you don't understand. We want to be independent. We don't want to have to rely on meds. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> oh, I don't know. I, I'm pretty happy on my meds. <laughs> True. I, I, I do think... like my anxiety med and I do need my diabetic meds or else I would be oh, screwed. Yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> it's weird how we separate those as like they're different things, right? Like it's one fun, yeah. is like a dependence and one is like, hey, this is how I actually get to have, you know, you know uh, uh, life. Yeah. Well, it's, Mental it's... versus physical. <laughs> Well, I, I know my mom at one point, uh, she had a doctor who said something like, you know, you got to think of depression like, you know, you wouldn't go around walking around with a broken leg, would you? No, you go and get a cast, you know, and it's the same thing with like depression or any kind of mental illness, you know, it, you know, it's, it's, an, it's an assist, you know, you don't yeah. need to do it yourself. And then once you go and do something like that, you look back and you say, why did I wait so long? I feel so much better, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, it is... Because yeah. we all enjoy being miserable and tormenting ourselves. I know. It's like we're human <laughs> beings or something. I don't know. It's so weird. Hey, how do, how do you go about uh, making your own degree? Oh, yeah. Like, oh, you know what? You That's that? actually a class. Oh, no way. We were re- <laughs> um, so basically what I did is I told the um, academic advisor, I'm like, this is basically what I'd like to do. And he's like, well, you need to take this perspectives course and we will figure it all out. So that's actually what I did last semester. And like we figured out, you know, what classes you're going to need. And we had to put I had to put it all into a document and I had to come up with goals and what I wanted the outcomes to be for those goals for the job and had to learn the history of the college and all that stuff. And also, you know, I didn't figure out the wording until probably November. Oh, wow. Because I was like, okay, I know I want leadership. I know I really care about advocacy. I care about people with disabilities, but I also care about youth. And with my background in camp and with my students and with the fact that I want to help adults and kids at the same time, like, there's got to be something that would work for me. And now all I need to do is figure out what the dickens I'm going to do my master's in if I plan on going to do my master's after this. Because I still have a whole year left, but I hear that's a process. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> how exciting yeah it is creating exciting. That's your really own cool. th- well you create your own masters then i know right? <laughs> i think so they actually just started that program recently what i'd love to do is tack on something with recreation or youth development or something along those lines nice we um we recently uh, recently <laughs> everything seems recent Every- everything's recent like recently is like pre-covid <laughs> Right. <laughs> Anything the it's year fine. prior we to all COVID feel that is way. recent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, our daughter had um, uh, enrolled in a special needs class to learn how to ride a bicycle. Oh yeah, Ooh, and it was fascinating. It? Um, I can bike. I can bike. I, I think it's a, like a kind of a derivative of I can shine. Okay. Like that's the that's the umbrella company, but I can bike is the actual program. We're going to tell. I'm sorry. Oh, it was super cool. The way I mean, they had these these tools, like these these adapted bicycles that allowed mm-hmm. them to like you know work on certain things like balance and what that actually feels mm-hmm. like before they get rid of the the stuff that helps them. You know, and it was I'm just very familiar up. with those. We actually have those at the schools I work at for adaptive phi ed. Nice. I'm very familiar with those. I've I've definitely seen those bikes, and we have a day in our school when there isn't COVID, 
um, that's like bike day or something like that, where oh. the groups can like get together and they go around a track with the different kinds of like adaptive equipment. Maybe I should get one of those. I've forgotten how to ride a bike. The last time I tried to ride a bike, it was quite interesting. I had trouble turning corners. Like, oh, right. It's been 10 years since I've been on a bike and this is a problem. It's just like riding a bike. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) I know. (laughs) It's sad. All right. So let's talk about what you like and dislike about your job. And let's kind of focus on your... um, I guess your, your, your main job, right? Like the, <laughs> the special education assistant. Uh, well, I always like to start with the negative and then go to the positive. I like that. Awesome. If you guys are up for that. Uh, but you're a teacher. That, isn't that how that works? <laughs> if you were a manager, you'd have to start with the positive and then go negative and then finish with positive. It's a sandwich. But go go ahead, please. Hi, I'm Kelsey. I'm also a supervisor when at Girl Scout camp. <laughs> I use the cookie method. <laughs> I am very familiar with the cookie method. Nice. I love the cookie method. <laughs> My problem is, is when I don't have anything for the middle and then I'm just like, well, I have no stuffing for you. But you're doing a great job. <laughs> um, <a> anyway. <laughs> I would say probably the negatives are, you know, just I'm in a level, I'm I'm in a setting three classroom, which means I'm with the higher behavior kids, kids who need more support. I would say sometimes I get really overwhelmed, um, to be perfectly honest. And I'm very, very honest about this. Um, before COVID, I was literally looking for other jobs. Um, I'll be honest. I've gotten, and it's going to sound awful, but keep in mind, this is the bad stuff, people. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> right. I've been, I've been kicked. I've been hit. I've been pitched. I've been slapped. I've had chairs thrown at me. I've had toys thrown at me. I've, I've had the gamut of things done. I work at a school that's in North Minneapolis, which is a hard area to be from. And they don't get necessarily support they need at home. It's hard, yeah. heartbreaking sometimes seeing, hearing things that some of our kiddos have gone through. Um, I sometimes get overwhelmed. I will need to go to the bathroom occasionally to have a meltdown or step into the hallway and just cry and try not to bring attention. Um, I think some of the big, big stuff is, is in my head. Um, as I said, I started recently taking anxiety medication and that's because my anxiety was getting to me and I was just assuming that everybody hated me. Mm. And that was because of the anxiety and the fact that I was just like, well, I'm autistic and I am just screwing everything up and I'm not making things better. Yeah. It's a terrible place to be. Yeah. And that's just, that's just where I was. And again, that's because our kiddos and honestly going to the bright side, we had an end of the year when we had an end of the year staff meeting with the assistant principal. I was told by my co by my lead teachers that no, they thought I was wonderful. They were feeling the same way that they were struggling and they weren't doing enough. And that they were like, you were doing just fine. You were doing what you knew how to do. And we were trying to, you know, help you with trainings. We didn't have time for training. I think some of the best, uh, if you don't mind me interrupting, I think some of the best uh, people who do the best work uh, tend to think they're, 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 you know, tend to think they're doing terribly because they just want to do more and better all the time. Yes. And that's, that's absolutely, that's absolutely true for me. I mean, again, I was told by the assistant principal, I was told by my lead teachers at the end of the school year, they're like, no, 
we thought you were doing just fine. They're like, you just need to reach out for help. (laughs) And you need to, you know, if you need a reminder that you're doing okay, you can have those reminders if you need them. Yeah. Um, I have a thing that I do that I've done since, I don't know, since I started working or a couple of years where I allow myself one stupid question a day. I walk up to a teacher or I walk up to somebody and I'm like, I have my stupid question of the day. They're like, like, you know, you can have more than one, right? I'm like, no, but I only need one. Like, what do I need to do with so-and-so? And And they're like, that's not a stupid question. I'm like, yes, but I'm using it. (laughs) I'll come back with the This is what I'm doing. (laughs) Now you got to challenge yourself. Like, you know. How 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 stupid can the questions be? Like how <laughs> how down in that hole do you want to go? Oh, I can get down in that hole. <laughs> Once in a great while, I can just be like, I don't know where my brain is today. I don't know what I'm doing. I could do this yesterday, but I can't do this today. Yes, there, there's always that occasion where you know I talk about gross motor skills with the bike. There's also those fine motor skill times where I'm just like, you want me to zip up this child's jacket? I'm like, I've tried. I've tried 12 times. Yeah. Somebody else can do it now. <laughs> it, 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 it's, your, it's your turn. You can tell me what I'm doing wrong, but I guarantee you it's these fingers. Yeah. It's nothing I'm doing. The, the worst is when it's something that you know you are normally very good at. For example, <laughs> I have I have extremely good spatial reasoning. Mm. Um, I can pack a car with more things than you could fit in a bus. Like, I just can't. It's a thing. (laughs) I found myself in downtown Baltimore (laughs) wandering around with my toddler and infant because I forgot where I parked. Oh, no. How do I? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm the most spatially... And we lived in Arizona at the time, so she was really lost. <laughs> it sounds like that time that I got lost in the uh, train system for uh, in Boston. Oh, no. <laughs> got completely lost and I didn't get to where I needed to go until like midnight. And oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. That was so scary. I just remember being so lost and being like, I don't understand. And having a meltdown in the middle of Boston. Yep. <laughs> um. Anyway, we got sidetracked. No, oh yeah, fine. that's how we Sorry. do. That's our pluses. That's how the I show feel rolls. like I need to give. I need to make sure I give the proper amount of pluses. <laughs> like, like, no, I love it. <laughs> Honestly, the, the distance learning is hard because you know I miss giving our kids hugs. I oh, miss yeah. giving them the yeah. cuddles, the things that they need. I miss being able to read with them. Um. Those are things that I, I love to do. I love watching them grow. One thing that's really been good is that we have a student who hasn't progressed in like two years. Just hasn't progressed at all because of the high behaviors in our classroom. We can't focus on that child. But with distance learning, that child's getting one-on-one attention. Yeah. And in the last, I have seen changes from November to now. Wow. Like they weren't able, they didn't know what a tens frame was two weeks ago. They can now identify a tens frame and tell me how many things are in the tens frame. Oh, wow. And it's just like, that doesn't sound like something that's big, but for this per- this child, it's huge. And everybody's all like, "You, what do you mean? And like, they're talking more. And that's what's really, really rewarding to me is right seeing on. that progress, seeing them grow, seeing them become independent. It's why I'm 
doing leadership and advocacy because I want kids to learn to be able to do things for themselves and be able to ask for help when they need it and get the help that they need. That's now, my awesome. kids are a little young to be doing that, but... <laughs> I I don't think age is uh, necessarily ever an appropriate uh, judgment of character. True. Very true. It's just, you know, sometimes you just look at a tiny child and be like, I just want to hold you. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes the young child will uh, come and hold me when I need a... <laughs> so, again, it goes both ways, I think, so. Okay, so... So you have many things that you're doing, some of which I assume required an interview. What was that like for you? Oh, dear goodness. <laughs> <laughs> you know, honestly, I suck with interviews. I don't know why, but I always get stopped at the interview process. Um, for this current job, I got really lucky. So I went to a community college. And for that community college, I had to do volunteer work inside of and then I did um, an AmeriCorps program called the Minnesota Reading Corps at okay. that school for a year and a half. And then I found out there was an SCA job opening up and I had like three people come up. They're like, they're like go apply. Go apply now. You nice. want this job? Go apply. And it's in the room you want it in. I'm like, oh, that's oh, so cool. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I did. And I got in there and I got really lucky because, first of all, I knew the three teachers that I was being interviewed that's with. Fantastic. One of them I was currently helping with her after-school program. See, that's... And I asked her. I, I, I downright asked her. I'm like, so if I applied for to, to be your SCA, um, would you would you hire me? And she's like, yeah, probably, depending on who the other candidates are. <laughs> so, <laughs> nice. Uh, but the really nice thing about this particular, about being an SCA, and I don't know if they do it anymore, but they gave me the questions ahead of time. Oh, that's great. And, yes. like, you had the opportunity to, like, write your answers in, so that way you could walk in there and you didn't have to be totally flustered. Yeah. Now, that's never happened in any other job that I've done. But that was very unique to this particular job that made me happy. Absolutely. Um, for my ushering job. Oh, let's get your question. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, um, if I could give one piece of advice, and I have been on both sides of this equation, right? Like, I've hired hundreds of people in my career. And I have interviewed Hundreds of times. <laughs> Hundreds of times. <laughs> okay, so I have the ability to get a job. Uh, I have an amazing ability to get a job. Really good at the whole process. Keeping it, totally different conversation. <laughs> so I have, I'm in a job, I can keep it. It's just a matter of getting in. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. See, I, I just... I rub people the wrong way, and I just I, – I, it's very clear I don't fit in after a period of time. Anyway. I'm more like you. I can I, – I keep a job for a long time, yeah. but I'm terrible with the interviews. In fact, Thora actually helped me one time figure out how to interview, it. you know, and we went over it for like a week, and actually that was the best interview of my life, but I don't I, – I still don't like them. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I've done There's, them often enough. And of course, I've, you know, I've been the interviewer. I've right, hired so many people. For sure. And, and, and I guess back, back around to what you said. If I could give one piece of advice to any employer looking to hire somebody, particularly somebody of advanced skill, but maybe not, um, not a great interviewer, is that exact thing. And yeah. that is to give the interview questions ahead of time. 
It's, it's so helpful. A person's <laughs> character is going to come out in their answer regardless of whether they were able to fashion the answer ahead of time or not. <laughs> well, and the nice thing is for me, if I connect with somebody in an interview, it goes fine. Yeah. Um, I had actually got hired for a job in February last year to do last summer until COVID hit and I lost the job. But me and the interview, interview clicked right away um, for my uh, Girl Scout job. I interviewed with a camp director that I worked with 10 years ago. And then I worked with uh, actually 11. Okay. 11, <laughs> 11 years ago. <laughs> no, 10. 2011, 2021, 10 years ago. <laughs> oh, you forgot um, to carry the one. No, don't. Oh, no, wait. It was 2010. Never mind. Doggone it. 2010. Camp. Complicated. Um, I worked <laughs> for her 10 years ago for half a summer. And then I worked with her again in 2018 when my the camp that I was working on got flooded. And then I got sent to their camp to be their program director. Oh, funny. So, and then I also had already met the other interviewer. Like I had met her in 2018 when I had worked. And so we just had a conversation and they like asked the official question. I'm like, I get to sound smart today. <laughs> <laughs> it always feels, but like walking into a job to like work with people that are homeless and helping them find resources. I walked into that interview. I thought it went, I thought it went okay. I was like, oh, I really hope I get to hear back. Never heard back. Or uh, I've tried to work for the Big Brothers Big Sisters program. I've done that interview in the last year. And again, I thought it went great and never got a call back. Got the, we had so many people that wanted to do this job. I'm just like, nah. Well, at least they told you something. Sometimes they don't uh, want to, they don't get back to you at all. I mean, that's just, No, sometimes that's they don't. And that makes yep. me very angry <laughs> it is. yeah i don't like that yeah it, it's, it's bothersome you're stuck with that and i'm i i stick with things they'll, they'll go in my head over and over and so when i don't hear back it, you know even like four months later it'll still come up and i'm like yeah dude they're not they're not calling you back you know but it, it'll keep processing until it's complete so that's yeah. not cool yeah, exactly and you just you perseverate and perseverate you're just that's like okay what word. did i say wrong what did i do right what did i did I wear the wrong shoes? Like, <laughs> and the thing is, is that I'm the kind of person that only wears one pair of shoes. I'm sorry, you're not going to get me in dress shoes. You, you couldn't yeah. pay me to get weird, put different shoes on for nothing. <laughs> so, I only wear heels personally. <laughs> <laughs> they don't like it when I do it at work. <laughs> then you have a lot more balance and better feet than I do. <laughs> well, I do too. <laughs> Okay, so we've talked, actually, we've kind of talked about both of these things that are coming up in the outline, right? Like, how does, you know, how does your autism kind of hinder you at work? And how does it help you at work? And I think you just kind of naturally answered those questions yeah. because of the fact that you work with children with autism. So you kind of like, you know, get to get to see it, it like it unfolds in front of your face right. all day, every day, right? Like the good and the bad and how it all plays together. Yes, do you have does. anything else to say about all that? I don't know. I think just, you know, if somebody wanted to do this job, just be aware that the kids are different than you are. You got to remember that they're not exactly the same and that every child is, I know this sounds real cliche, <laughs> but every child is unique. <laughs> like a snowflake. <laughs> what do they say? If you've met one person with autism, you've met one person, one with, person autism. with autism. Yeah, like... <laughs> yeah. And that's so true. And you just have to remember that that they come from different places. And 
if you want to do this job, be aware that you won't always get, you know, those kids that are mainstreamed and are just need help with social cues. They might need help with, you know, toileting and things. There might be stuff you need to learn. And that's an important thing to remember. Because I think some people think, you know, you're going to walk into this room and it's going to be easy peasy because, you know, you understand. And I, I just, I like to make it clear that it's not that easy. And it's such a rewarding and growing job to do. Yeah. You, you learn so much, even in a day, you can learn so much if you're paying attention to what they're doing. Yeah. And if you get like the right teacher. Well, it's huge. Yeah. Really, you, everybody really need to pay attention to everybody in general anyhow, but you know, especially for the, your job. Well, exactly. And it's just, again, it's a great learning experience and to learn about yourself and about your disability as well and learning how other people cope with it or what other people need for it because some people aren't that self-aware regretfully i have all the self-awareness of i don't know i have way too much self-awareness occasionally (laughs) um (laughs) a person with (laughs) self-awareness that's called anxiety (laughs) (laughs) i've already admitted to that one (laughs) dr thora tell us more (laughs) no i'm not diagnosing anybody i'm not a doctor oh my goodness (laughs) Uh, it was just a joke. Go take a break. Like, Good choice. But, one one thing that may happen if you ever work with children, you might start talking to your animals like they're your kids. Yeah, I caught that. I said, that's a good choice. I like that. I, I, I take a, and I like take a break. Yeah. Just, Re- you know regretfully, my, my, my partner has started to do it. It started to rub off. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought I'd be this person, but I I, I think I said something to Nick Enough this morning. uh, Something about... That's our dog, by the way. Oh, yeah. Nick Enough. He's our dog. Um, I said something to Nick Enough this morning. I'm like, Daddy will be very upset if you do that. (laughs) (laughs) And I never thought I'd be that person, but apparently you're Nick Enough's daddy. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know what to say about that. Are you done? Are you better? Not me. (laughs) Oh, Lord. <laughs> I know. I got the bug. The dog bug. <laughs> dog bug? What? Yeah. <laughs> She's sick. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so let's wrap up with, um, with the million-dollar question. Given everything you know about yourself and the way you interact and what it is you want, on top of designing your own degree program design your own job design the th- what's the thing the one thing oh oh i have the answer to that question you nice. guys oh, yeah? love it all right i thought i'd catch right you off guard <laughs> my my goal in life the thing that if i could do anything in the world it to, if it's do whatever i wanted i would open a camp for girls with autism and inner city girls and have them work together and create, you know, school year, school year programs as well around that because inner city girls have this very unique way of having independence and they need that, you know, they need, they need support and girls with autism need support as well. And they need, you know, to, to see good, they need to see examples and they need assistance. And I just, I can imagine how much leadership and growth could be gained by this kind of 
program an idea. Uh, I, yeah, I love it, and it's inspiring, and I can definitely see you doing that in your future. I think it's absolutely attainable. That is fantastic. I'm all over that. If you need anything. We're not crying. I, no. I'm not crying. You're crying. <laughs> There's some dust in here. I don't know where that came from. But that's why, like I talked about earlier about, you know, wanting to add recreation or like child development into things. The leadership and develop the leadership and advocacy piece is there. Yeah. I have the experience with the Girl Scout camps and working with people with disabilities at the school and all that. I think it would be beautiful if I had a million dollars. Well, yeah, I think that's our time. Uh, is there anything we missed? Anything you want to say that we didn't cover? I have no flipping clue. If you need more interviews for another job, let me know. Because <laughs> <laughs> nice. I got lots of them. <laughs> nice. <laughs> awesome. So, um,. That is it. Thanks, Kelsey, so much for your help and your time and sharing your life with us. Uh, no problem. Had, this was fun. Yeah, we had a, an, an amazing time. Yeah, we did. Well, that was awesome. Thanks for listening. Join us next week where we will talk to someone else about their job. Should be fun. Indeed. And uh, the transcript and what else? Show notes. Any links associated with our guest today right. will be found at our website carveresumes.com that's like carve a name for yourself carve yes like a turkey <laughs> we uh, we also if you're interested provide resume writing cover letter writing and interview coaching for the autistic community thanks for listening catch you next time bye now